0: Welcome back to the Relationship Road Trip, navigating the twists and turns of all the important relationships in your life. I'm Ben Azevedo, your backseat driver. Am I just talking to
1: myself? I'm Dr. Don Fernando Azevedo, clinical psychologist, executive coach, and voiceover artist, your navigator.
2: And I'm Kim Azevedo, licensed marriage and family therapy associate, still seeking my road trip buddy, your mechanic.
1: You, dear listener, are
0: the driver. What do you do when you're driving alone?
2: Today's quote is by Chris Berkman. You're single, not because you are not good enough for one. It's that you're too good for the wrong one.
0: Last week, we talked about traditions, specifically those around Halloween and Dia de los Muertos. This week, we're breaking up with talking about relationships and instead talking about being single. What does it mean to be single?
2: To be alone. Uh, (laughs) Single in American culture, specifically, since that's where we are and... That's the world I'm navigating as the single, the solo single person on this podcast. <laughs> hey, go me.
0: Does that make you single squared?
2: Yes. All all of the single, the most single, singlest.
0: 1 squared is still 1, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs>
2: it is also the loneliest number.
1: Yeah, but who did that song? <laughs> No clue. Three three dog night? Three dog night. Thank you. I didn't know if this was a trick question somehow. (laughs) Well, no, it just has to do with numbers. Anyway,
2: being single. Typically, this means you are not in a significant relationship with somebody in a way where it is exclusively committed. However, in 2020, everything is kind of blurred because apparently you're still single until you're married. That was a quote I saw recently. Basically, I am very confused about what single means nowadays. But
0: Well, isn't that more from like a legal definition standpoint?
2: Probably. Like
0: you're single, the options are single or married on a lot of legal forms.
2: It is also from a dating perspective wherein you refuse to commit to somebody ongoing. So you're keeping your options open, which I have run into a lot in my dating experiences. They've been with this person for 15 years, but we're not married. So I'm still single. I don't understand it myself. This is going to be a really confusing episode because navigating the intricacies of being single is really complicated. What I'm about to share with you is kind of a thing that I've noticed, slash there are a lot of blogs written about it, which are these unspoken concepts of being single. Uh, There are kind of seven different scripts of it. So you have the person who's single and mourning their last relationship this one's pretty obvious. It's someone who's recently broken up or broke up with somebody who is very important to them and can't seem to get over them. So when you're talking with them, everything's like, oh, well, my ex was and oh, my ex did this. They're not in the best place to go back into the dating world, but some of them do and it can be pretty challenging. Then there's the person who's single and so very aware of being single. They kind of are like, I'm the single person and this is a great characteristic of me. They might avoid topics of dating or think dating is hopeless. Overall, what I've noticed is that these people have a pretty negative attitude about dating. So I kind of fit into this a fair amount. I was going to
0: say, which category are you? This I seem so, suspiciously like you.
2: What? Never. I would never talk about myself like that. So yes, I am very <laughs> aware I'm single. However, I do fit into a second category, which is the eternally single and content with it. So this is a person who's not in a romantic relationship, but is really fine with that. They tend to have a satisfying work life. They have close friends, hobbies, all of that stuff. They're not necessarily against having a relationship, but they're simply enjoying their life with no major desire to actively seek a romantic relationship. Kind of one of those, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm still happy with my life. So I'm kind of between those two different types of single. It depends on the day and depends how many dating apps I've been swiping through. Then you have the person who's newly single and does the, oh, I don't mind. Uh, So this is someone who hops relationships frequently and will claim like, oh, I don't mind being single. And then like two days later in another relationship that doesn't last very long, pretty much it's kind of a relationship comes up the relationship ends and they're like, oh, I'm single, I'm free, this is great. And then all of a sudden they're dating someone again. So kind of that on-off dating life. You've got the single person who loves the thrill. So this is someone who doesn't want a long-lasting relationship. They just want to go out and date and enjoy the dating scene. Perhaps they would consider settling down, but more or less they like the immediate serotonin boost of going on a date.
0: This one's me, right?
2: yeah totally yeah, you're that's, married
0: what are you talking love, about love the thrill love <laughs> I'm a, just a thrill seeker yeah so much I'm out on that dating scene every night just thrill seeking
1: hey Sarah <laughs>
2: secretly his dating scene is just Sarah that's uh, really
1: true <laughs>
2: Then you have the headhunter. This is someone who is single and not happy being single. So they're looking to fill that position of a significant other and do it quickly. They're kind of almost businesslike in their approach to dating. And they're consistently looking for that person.
1: Is this the person that does their dating on LinkedIn?
2: Possibly. <laughs> for, who knows? Looking
1: for resumes.
2: Maybe they're on the league, which is based oh. on resumes. Um, oh, yeah. the league. It's a very fancy one. So there's that person, uh, and then there's the single person who's not really single. So this is someone who has been dating someone, kind of, or they're really interested in a specific person who may or may not like them back, and so they're kind of confused in halfway single land. This is someone who's, quote, quote, talking to someone else wherein they may not be officially dating, but they are conversing on an almost exclusive level. Don't get me wrong, it's really confusing, y'all, and I'm still trying to figure
0: it out. This is a lot of types of singles. Yeah. So as you're navigating the dating scene, Kim, you're seeing these types of people come up. How do you deal with the nuances of all these different kinds of single people? As someone who is not familiar with the modern dating scene, this does seem rather confusing to me. I figured if you're on a dating app, you're looking for relationships and or casual relationships. I get that. But this is like a whole nother level of uh, nuance.
2: It's pretty crazy out there. I do my best to stay positive. I think the important thing is to look at yourself because you're the only one you're bringing to a relationship consistently. So... When you look at yourself, consider, what am I wanting? Why am I looking for a relationship? And within that, consider what type of relationship you're looking for. And be honest about it. If you're looking for casual dating and just a hookup, that's fine. Go out. Do you. Be happy. I mean, be safe, but also be happy. If you're not interested in dating, then don't do it. You can be single. I think that's a really hard thing for people to consider. Our society pushes so hard for finding your, your other half, your soulmate, all of the cute little romantic crap. But really, you can be single and that's okay. You don't need to find someone who is your one and only. And I think that's a really important message for a lot of people because dating and couplehood is pushed so heavily that we forget that it's okay to be single. Also, single just sounds so sad. You're in a relationship with yourself and that's good. It's good to be with yourself and understanding who you are. I think the biggest thing that I can say about engaging with other people is being truthful with whoever you're talking with or going out with about what you want. If you want a long-lasting relationship Don't hop on some dating site and be like, oh, I'm open to whatever. We can be friends. We can be this. No, you want a long lasting relationship. So be honest about that.
0: I feel like anecdotally from what I've heard from you and others, this is not the case in the real world. Pretty much nobody is honest about this. Correct. Why do you think that is? This doesn't seem like a thing that would be that hard to be honest about when you're making you know, a dating profile. Like if you know, I want a long-term, I want to try for a long-term relationship. It doesn't seem that hard to put that, work that into your bio or whatever.
2: So somewhere in the dating culture, it has become very important to be aloof. You don't want to admit that you have feelings for another person. You don't want to admit that this might be a person you would, you know, be serious with. Somewhere in this, and I honestly cannot tell you where it came from, this concept of be aloof, don't, you know, don't settle down with just one person, be careful with your emotions, don't call until three days later, that type of stuff has come up. And people don't want to admit that what they're looking for is something serious. It's easier to say, oh, I'm not looking for anything serious, I I just want to meet and hang out. Because there's kind of a fear of rejection with it. And if you put yourself out there and say, I'm looking for someone who will push through this with me, there's that fear of I'm going to get rejected for who I am.
1: And people don't like to be vulnerable. Uh, Vulnerability is, is not a trait that currently in our American society is valued. The whole idea of being, you know, I'm a rock unto myself, and you know I don't need anything, I don't need anybody, is a big tease. I also wonder if this may be related to the deterioration of the, the honoring of marriage, the whole sense that marriage is a goal to achieve, and that's been eroding since the 1960s. Marriage is not taken as seriously. People have affairs far more easily today than they have ever in the past. I wonder if that is contributing to this sense of uh, I don't know that I want to commit or let anyone know that I'm needy enough. And that's another thing is the view of being needy if you want a committed long-term relationship.
2: Heaven forbid you want to find someone that you can hang out with and create a lasting relationship with.
1: I don't know anything about that. Right. right. <laughs> Me neither. <It's laughs> I don't know. It totally seems like-
2: not an option. Well, and I think you point out a really good thing of that concept of being needy. So there's a really... I mean, everyone knows that I'm a strong, independent woman. I don't need no man. And just kind of that consistent statement that at least a lot of female identifying people that I know put out of, I don't need a man. And I think an important thing to notice is, you're right, I don't need a man, but I would like a partner.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a that's actually a key thing about a healthy marriage, right? A healthy long-term relationship is it's not so much that I need you, it's that I want you. I, mean, and I could I think, live fine on my own, but I live better with you.
2: I think in one of my most dramatic relationship events when I was dating someone in college was we got into a fight. and We ended up running out into the rain because he was doing his toxic masculinity self. And I ended up yelling at him that he should make no mistake that I need him in my life. I want him and I choose him every day and he should be glad that I do. And I was proud of that statement. I stick by it. I eventually decided that I did not need him in my life. And so he is no longer here. But it's an important thing. And I think when I realized that within that relationship, I really changed the way that I approach relationships as a single person. And it is that I don't want to find someone I need. I want to find someone that I want. However, I do need a tall person to reach the top shelves in my apartment.
1: Hey, I have a step stool.
2: I have a step stool, but I don't have a ladder.
1: What else we got? about singles. So another aspect of being single that we haven't touched on a great deal is being single because I choose to be single. I don't need a romantic relationship in my life. I have friends and friendships are sufficient for me. I have my work and that's sufficient for me. There are lots of reasons why a solitary life actually can be extraordinarily full and meaningful for some people.
2: It can also be really freeing. Like, my apartment is just me. I don't have to worry about someone else's dishes. If there are dishes in the sink, it's my own fault. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of freeing in the sense that maybe couples who do not have children experience that freedom of being able to go out and do stuff as a couple mm. without having to worry about the child. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have that without a relationship. If I want to go out and go to a bar... I won't.
0: (laughs) Well, Uh. (laughs) mm, that was (laughs) short-lived. Right. Such a a taste of freedom.
2: Well, if I don't want to go to a bar, how about that? If I want to stay in, that's not a problem. And I don't have anyone that impedes my choices on that. Not that in a relationship someone would. It's just that there's more conversation about the time spent doing certain things, whereas when I'm with myself, I get to make those own decisions and battle with myself about what I want to eat for dinner.
1: Well, the other part is, you know, people who are single who are running away from being single, they want to run away from spending time with themselves or thinking their own thoughts. And that's another reason people get into toxic relationships is because they're afraid of who they really are and discovering that.
2: You can learn more in a safe space in our office at Azzavito Family Psychology.
0: You can also learn more by going back to that episode we did about your relationship with yourself.
2: That is true. I think an important thing within that concept of kind of running away from yourself is recognizing that you're the one that you bring to any relationship. And until you truly know yourself, there's not really going to be a healthy relationship that you enter. You have to really understand who you are in order to be in a healthy relationship with someone else.
1: That's true. And be willing to continually discover who you are becoming.
0: Yeah, I was thinking something along those lines. It's, yeah. not, like a, it's not like you solve it the one time and now you're clear, cleared to date. <laughs> Got it figured out.
1: You know, and that's even true once you get married and, and you evolve and you have to continually allow yourself to evolve and allow your partner to evolve and continually rediscover yourself. That's actually an extraordinary blessing in life, but one that is terrifying because it is filled with ambiguity. And human beings don't like ambiguity.
2: Hey, we talked about that last episode, didn't we? It's why we like our traditions.
1: It's like us talking about communication. It's just an aspect of humanity.
0: What about someone who is not only single, you know, in a romantic relationship, but also has a lot of trouble making friends and maybe spends a lot of their time isolated, and maybe they don't have a great relationship with their family. There's just not a lot of people in this person's life. Do we have any advice or ideas for someone who's struggling with being kind of toxically
1: single? So this could have lots of different reasons for it from, you know, psychopathology, like agoraphobia. Sorry, what? Agoraphobia, the fear of leaving your own home. Okay. Um, to social awkwardness and and social anxiety. It could also simply be not having learned good social skills. This is a thing that families need to teach their kids and it's a responsibility of families to do and some families miss this. Uh, they don't quite help kids learn how to make friends and keep friends, play with others, cooperate, communicate, create trusting relationships. And if you don't know the skills, it's really hard to navigate the world. It's hard to find new people who are going to be tolerant of you if you don't do it well. So it could be a whole lot of different things that would contribute to a person becoming more and more isolated, more and more like the traditional hermit, Uh, but not necessarily by choice. Some people are hermits and they're hermits by choice. They really don't want to have interactions with others. But if you do and you find it being difficult for you to do that, reach out for help. There are lots of different ways to get the help, and certainly, you know, we're one through psychotherapy, but it's also skills-based.
2: Isn't it also kind of challenging to ask for help when you're already not good at wanting to engage in relationships?
1: Yes, yes. The, the pain has to get high enough that you'll overcome your hesitancy to reach out and talk to someone. And if it's not high enough, then maybe you're okay being by yourself. Again, it's not ours to judge It's really the choice of the individual about how they want to live in the world.
2: Which is a pretty good sum up for everything we've talked about with being single. And the concept that you can be okay being single. You can be okay perpetually wanting to date and just exist within the dating culture. You can want to enter a relationship.
1: Ultimately, it all comes down to honoring your own personal choice and living your life your way. Okay, so this week I certainly
0: learned a lot about being single. Hopefully this was a helpful episode for those of you who aren't in significant other relationships. I think what Don and Kim said about bringing yourself to a relationship is probably the best summary I can think of, so I'm going to just leave it there. As always, thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy the drive.
3: Thank you for listening to the Relationship Road Trip. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we want to know what you think, so write to us at questions at afpsych.com. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or subscribing with your favorite podcast app. You can find more episodes of the show at relationshiproadtrip.com or wherever you download podcasts. The Relationship Road Trip comes out every Wednesday at 7 a.m. So don't forget to tune in next week. The Relationship Road Trip is brought to you by Azevedo Family Psychology, where they are dedicated to helping you create a life worth celebrating. You can learn more about their services at Psychology.com. This podcast is produced by Bear Cave Audio. Bear Cave Audio provides a range of audio services from original composition to podcast recording and editing. To learn more, go to bearcaveaudio.com or email ben at bearcaveaudio.com.
1: Until we meet again, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back and may the sun shine warm upon your face.